Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Matthew Smith, Senior Policy Analyst at the Georgia Partnership. In this episode, we'll dive into Issue 5 of the Top 10 Issues to Watch, Funding School Transformation on a Deadline. We've invited Dr. Ventura Rodriguez to present on how ERS, a national nonprofit, has partnered with school and district leaders to transform how they use resources, especially the federal pandemic relief funds provided to school systems across the nation. Dr. Rodriguez joined ERS as a partner in September 2021. He's worked as a teacher, school leader, and state-level administrator. Prior to joining ERS, Ventura served as Senior Associate Commissioner for Strategic Initiatives at the Massachusetts Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, where he led efforts to diversify the state's educator workforce and design strategies to advance educational equity for students. Dr. Rodriguez, will you please describe the Do Now Build Towards approach that ERS has used in its consultations with school and district leaders? Yeah, no, uh, happy to, and thanks for having me uh, on the podcast. So, you know, this is a moment, um, the last couple of years, especially with the the federal investment in ESSER, where uh, there is really a, a generational investment uh, in public education, uh, at the same time met with um, a level of need, uh, perhaps, or uh, uh, in, in a way that was already there, but I think it's just been exacerbated, like by 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 the pandemic. And so, uh, what we thought a lot about, and, and really building on the experiences of Race to the Top, and you know, other initiatives where there were you know sort of a lot of funding introduced into education systems that went away. Uh, eventually, we're, we're trying to like really leverage those uh, lessons for this particular moment. And, and so uh, the do now build towards, I mean, really what it tries to say is that like, you know, there are absolutely uh, actions that need to take place right now for students. And, and as we thought about the last couple of years, it was around student recovery uh, and reentry back into sort of the day to day of schools. But at the same time, again, if we've learned anything from these other moments of federal investments that go away is we have to be thinking from the onset of the broader vision or the shifts that we're trying to make into our systems that build toward vision uh, when we're starting uh, some of this work. And so at a high level, the build towards vision is uh, just as the name suggests, like what is it that you're actually building towards in your system? What elements of your system um, are you seeking to to change, to transform? And, and that could be in, in several years. And so that when you're thinking about the actions that you're doing now, it's both, you know, sort of the action and the importance of the action, but also like being guided by a pathway, you know, of sort of where, where you're trying to get to. And so we have, um, you know, articulated that and it's sort of a series of what we call principles, you know, as you thought about designing and investing uh, ESSER dollars that really the ones that speak to this vision and strategy and sort of the build toward is one, you know, we say that before you jump in, like designing strategies, like take time to, to take stock of understanding and quantifying student need. Like what is it that you're actually designing uh, and, and building for? Uh, I think stopping to do that, I think reinforces the point that these aren't one or two year, you know, programs or investments. Like we're, we're really having to think about how we support students for 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 the long run for multiple years. So um, starting to really any design element on again quantifying understanding student need is one, and a second is 
invest in proven high impact strategies. Like there's a lot of research around what works and what doesn't work. And so as we think of build toward vision and we think of, uh, you know, sort of how districts are, are investing those resources, we think it's really important to ground yourself in what the research says and, and not having to do so much trial and error. There's a lot of adaptability, obviously, to the local context, but, um, you know, those are sort of, sort of two in, in particular that I would say are really important as you're thinking about this broader vision for 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 student learning for your system even recognizing though that you have to start somewhere you have to start now and so both of those are really important great you know we also have some listeners that are um, working in state agencies working in our state legislature that are also thinking in the upcoming um, session in january of 2023 what can we do to support school systems as they are making these tough decisions and so i would um, ask as a final question, what are one or two things in your mind that state policymakers could do to support local innovation? Yeah, um, no, it's, it's a great question. Um, uh, I'd say a, a few thoughts here, uh, maybe one specific to to this ESSER moment and one, you know, one or two, maybe a, a little broader. You know, one, one of the things that like, I worry a lot about is um, with the looming ESSER deadline of, uh, you know, um, 2024, early fall 2024, that districts will perhaps be, uh, you know, looking to spend all their funds, which they should be. But I, I worry that um, they may do so in some less than strategic ways. Uh, and, and actually not necessarily through any fault of their own. I mean, I think that, you know, as we look across the country, um, the pace at which like some ESSER plans are approved, is taking a little longer. And that's not criticism to state agencies. I mean, they're having to make up like these ways to review and evaluate and get feedback on these plans, but they've taken longer and, and thus implementation has taken longer. Um, you know, that that's definitely one dynamic we see. The, the other is that, you know, to set up like tutoring programs, which again, we've seen is, is, is a, a program that people have really focused on. It is, it's hard. It's not easy to build up a, a program of, you know, tutors to work with even a, just a slice of, of students in a, in a district or in a school. Uh, staffing challenges, I think, have been uh, a very well-known narrative. And so it, it's not building excuses, but it's just recognizing that the context uh, has made it hard to get some of these programs as far along in their implementation as I know districts wanted to. And so as I think about, though, the looming deadline, um, there's both the healthy pressure, you know, to make sure that funds are used and used effectively where they're needed most. Like the last thing we're trying to do is suggest any like hoarding of funds like the, the student need is now. So we need to definitely do that but also in a way that's effective, you know? And so what, what I've been thinking a lot about with, with some partners here at, at ERS is what's the role of the state, you know, in allowing for, uh, in some cases, like the extension of these ESSER dollars beyond the current timeline and deadline. Now, these are federal dollars, so it's the feds, right, who set the date. However, in many states, and I think Georgia might be one of them, um, districts have the ability to carry over state funds from year to year. And so what we're seeing as a, as a possibility here is that 
if states allow either one, if the state already allows the carryover of funds, like how are they um, using that to be able to support their districts to say, look, use the ESSER funds first, you know, to support um, some of these, these important programs to make sure that it's spent by the deadline. But maybe we give you a little bit more time or support or guidance to be able to carry over some state funds so that, you know, at minimum, you're able to extend sometimes by a year or two, like the impact of some of these programs that are just being implemented now it gives you a little bit more time to see the full effect, you know, of the programs. Uh, what we're finding is that there are many states where districts cannot carry over the funds. And so for state legislatures there, part of the work may be actually changing state law uh, to be able to allow for carryover of funds. And what I would say is if, if a state wants to do that, I think it's also completely fair to say to districts like, hey, you can carry, you know, X amount of funds for two years of state funds and then use ESSER funds to pay, you know, and so make sure you're not losing any of that money. Uh, and I think it's totally fine then to say, but if you're going to carry those funds over, like we need to see investments in these high, you know, sort of like research-based proven strategies. So I think it's completely fair where, where if you're saying for, for flexibility and, and an extension of, uh, of funding guidelines, we recognize that some of these programs like tutoring and things like that will take longer and therefore we want to target you know, the ways in which you're you're spending those dollars that are being um, carried over or sort of extended, you know, longer than the, the, the end of the fiscal year. So that's one very like, it, it seems tactical, but really important, because again, I worry that districts are going to feel like they just have to spend the money as we get closer to this deadline. And I'd rather them be able to have the runway to really implement these programs well, and then see the full impact of, of the programs, you know, um, as they do that. Um, you know, I feel like there's a lot that, that, that states could do. Um, but, you know, um, one other thing I would say is, you know, for states and, and also beyond ESSER, there are other federal dollars and other state dollars that go through state agencies to the degree that we are as a state and, and not as all state agencies feel like this is their role, but in this particular moment in time, like, you can be taking a stand on what are some design priorities in schools or what are some priorities in terms of programs that you feel are most important. And then also aligning other funding sources that are coming through the state to those types of investments. And so I think it's really important and it has been for the last couple of years, especially for our state education leaders uh, to lead, you know, with what are uh, again, high impact research proven strategies, being okay with um, sort of putting that front and center, putting resources behind it so that district schools um, then have additional dollars, but also support, you know, and we're sort of building out uh, technical assistance, uh, resources, things like that on implementing things that work. Like it, it should be research-based. It should be research-driven. Um, the final thing I'll say is, one of the things, especially SCAs have, is the ability to look across a state. And I think more than ever, that's really important for the folks who are in districts who are, you know, again, so focused on meeting the needs of kids every day. Like, it's important to elevate practices, to elevate lessons learned. Um, and that could take the form of, you know, 
convenings. It could take the form of like resources that are shared, examples, not necessarily as this is the way you have to do it, but so many of our district uh, partners are, are grappling with the same sorts of challenges. Like how do we leverage the particular role of the state to actually shine light on practices and be able to share uh, learnings and, and you know, uh, across different state contexts. So I'd say those are a few areas. Right. Now that makes total sense. And one thing that we've seen too in Georgia, especially is the American Rescue Plan that the Department of Ed put together identifies funding and strategic priorities, but also balances the fact that, like in Massachusetts, where you're located, that there is a local control element here. So we don't want to mandate specific practices, but we do want to surface things that are high impact and are evidence-based and not necessarily to say go off and do what you want to do, but to have a specific um, viewpoint and perspective on what works. That's right. I just just want to underscore that, Matt. I think that point you just made is really, really important. It gets at the heart of like the role of SEAs where absolutely you don't mandate because of local control. But not only is it okay, I think in this particular moment, it's critical that SEAs take a stand, you know, um, and and I think we have enough research and information and knowledge to say, hey, these are evidence-based practices that we know work and we want to support implementation on on these things without necessarily saying you have to do it or we, you know, you can't do anything else. But at the same time, you do have certain levers to try to incentivize folks towards practices that we know work. And I think those two examples you cited are right on, but that sometimes feels like a shift to the role of SEAs that have played in the past. But in this particular moment, I think it's more important than ever that they do that. Thanks again for joining us, Dr. Rodriguez. You've just listened to the 10-Minute Top 10, a policy-oriented podcast from the Georgia Partnership for Excellence in Education. Join us again soon as we speak with state national experts about various topics highlighted in the top 10 issues to watch.